We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick. My partner today, as always, one Mr. Chris Schimmel, joining you today on your Pack a Day Podcast. Your only 365 day a year Pack a Day or Packer Podcast, I should say. There's only one Pack a Day Podcast, and it's this one. Um, <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Trying to get through the rest of this bye week. As, I mean, this is like the second half of the bye week, essentially. So, I mean, you know, the team is getting ready for L.A. now. The calm before the storm. Exactly. And like we said, uh, preparing for L.A. coming up this week. Uh, and since it's the bye week, kind of always that touchstone moment in the season. Where are you? What are you going to be doing the rest of the season? We wanted to go through and we're going to be giving out our grades for all of the positions on the team uh, moving forward or what we've seen so far from the team, these position groups and kind of taking a look at what we expect from them the rest of the season. Before we jump into that though, uh, I had something that came up from one of our previous episodes just a couple of days ago um, from Jacob Westendorf, one of our fellow pack a day podcasters. And uh, he made some comments about the atmosphere at Lambeau field. He was talking specifically about that Monday night game against San Francisco and how there was really not a lot of energy in the crowd and, you know, people are leaving before, you know, the game gets tied up and even when the game gets tied up and there's a chance to win. And it really struck me because it's, it's an opinion that I've had for several years now 
I only get to go up to Green Bay really once a year, guaranteed, maybe twice, and go see a game. And it's something that I've noticed, especially, like he said, for these games that aren't rivalry games, so to speak, you know, like a Seattle or a divisional game. But for me personally, Chris, I, I there's just – and it's been noted obviously before, but I wanted to get my sense in on it. The, just the lack of energy that Lambeau seems to have week in and week out. Yeah, and you know, and in games like against the 49ers that are that close and are just shootouts, that's when you need energy from the crowd. Right. Okay, when the other team is torching your defense, get loud. That's on first what, down, on second yeah, down. On third down. And when the Packers offense is on the field, be quiet. You can hear a penny drop. But when the defense is getting torched by a, the 49ers, the backup quarterback, get loud as you possibly can. So, yeah, I agree with you. I feel sometimes the Packer, uh, the fans are a little too PG. They need to get up to some PG-13 or maybe some rated R, especially near the end of the game. Exactly. And I'll I'll say this. I have sort of a theory, and this is, I don't know how popular this is, and I know that there is a, it's a very touchy subject, but I, I it's what I feel. And I think that the vaunted season ticket holder list that everyone gets put on, you know, everyone gets put on for your great great grandchildren to have a shot at tickets for. I think it actually hurts the Packer atmosphere at Lambeau because you get these these people that have tickets for so long and you know, will them down to their kids. They, you know, their kids buy them off of them and they just keep this kind of cycle going and as someone that comes in from an outsider perspective, like I'm a, I'm a diehard Packer fan, but I'm coming into this, this community and I don't feel welcome. I, I, I re- there's a lot of times where I do not feel comfortable just being a fan in my own stadium because of how I feel I'm going to be judged. And I, I, I at least once per game get a comment about standing up at the wrong time or cheering you know, be, you know, making noise during first and second down on defense. Like I, I feel like that kind of that atmosphere of these are in my family for so long. And, you know, you're not my, you're not the guy that usually sits in these season ticket seats. Like I, I, I think that's an issue. I don't know how you address it or how it gets changed. I just am trying to point out an issue. Yeah. You know, I can't really say that I, I've experienced what you've experienced because I haven't. But at the same time, you know, it's almost like there's this unwritten rule book. Yeah. And sometimes you need to say, dude, there, if it's not written down, it's not a real rule. Okay. So so I, I agree with you. People need to loosen up a little bit more, be more supportive, be more uh, open up. Because, I mean, I've seen a lot of good good fans, but then I also see a handful of fans that, you know, you're like, I remember my first Packer game. Back in like 2005 preseason game, this guy got into another guy's face. The Packers playing the Bears, and the Packers won. And the guy went right up in his face and yelled, Bears suck. And then he gets thrown out. And then while the security guy's escorting him out, he yells back to his wife, Honey, I'll meet you back at the parking lot. Like, yeah, yeah, right, right. See, that's what you need more of that. More of that. Yeah, be a little rowdy. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, become the next Raiders. We're yeah, we're not inciting violence. We're not not inciting violence. violence, But just but just be a little bit more excited, especially rowdy. 
especially deep in the game, especially when your defense is getting completely diced up. Exactly. That's going to get into a quarterback's head. You've got to create that atmosphere. I mean, you see that atmosphere in Seattle every single week. You see it in Oakland. They suck. And their fans are still one of the loudest, most – they still create an environment like that that it's hard to go play in against a team like that. And and guess what? I know they're not playing at Lambeau Field, but if you're playing a team like the Rams, you need to get loud. Yeah. I mean, I remember when the Packers were playing the Seahawks, that that place would be so loud. Even the players would say it's so hard to prepare for the game because of how loud it's going to be. So that's why, you know, Seattle, they call their fans the 12th man. Yeah. I mean, the Packers need that too. I mean, that, that mystique of going to Lambeau Field during a playoff game, it's sort of gone. And I think that that's part of it is, is, is that atmosphere is not there day in and day out. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into what we're talking about. We're grading the Packers position groups as we hit the bye week. What have we seen in the last uh, six weeks now? We're going to start right at the top. Quarterback position. How do you grade out Aaron Rodgers so far this year? Well, you have to take a couple things into perspective. One, I took a look at his statistics of what he's done through the first six games compared to what he's done the previous six games throughout his career. But you also need to take into effect in, into a effect his knee. Right. Busted up knee. Cobb and Allison are gone, so he has three rookie receivers he has to put in. So you have to put that in as well. However, through six games, he set new career best for completions, passing attempts, and lowest interception percentage. Second most in passing yards. He's on his way for over 5,000 yards so far this year. Fifth in yards per attempt. Seventh in passer rating, which is nuts because he has a passer rating of 100.1. He's only had four seasons through the first six games with a rating below 100. That's, so that's pretty rad. Eighth in touchdown passes. However, dead last in completion percentage and touchdown percentage. He's only 28th in the league in completion percentage where Drew Brees is completing 77. Rogers is bearing is completing a little over 61. And I know a lot of that has to do with the banged up knee and then rookie receivers going in, but Rogers, I still think has played well. He hasn't been excellent, but he's been good. Mm-hmm. What he's had to do. So if you told me I have to grab, I'd give him a B. That's what I was at. I was at a B plus for him um, B, B plus I think I would give Rogers B plus but then what Kaiser did against the Bears might bump it down to a B maybe for me <laughs> yeah that was something I was having trouble with is how much do I uh factor in the Deshaun Kaiser seven snaps oh. that he had against Chicago oh yeah exactly so that, that I was gonna say B plus but then I thought of Kaiser I thought this is the quarterback position not just the Aaron Rodgers grade so I thought right. B but yeah, I think and- Rodgers has been good. Of course, he's missed a lot of throws he's usually accustomed to making. He has rookie receivers. They need to get on the right page. Uh, I still think that he's done some great things this season. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely had some of those vintage Aaron Rodgers moments, but there have been way too many of those just other moments where he's missing wide open guys or he's, you know, not reading a, the play he, correctly. Yeah, he's abandoning the play, you know, instead of, being more patient he just mm-hmm. takes off I don't know if that's because he's worried if you know it's like seeing ghosts like you're worried about his knee so he takes off and he ends up missing a couple of plays right but overall I'd say I still say that right now a good solid B and seeing how with Cobb and Allison all then coming back I think he has a chance of bumping that up to an A in the next couple of weeks I would yeah I would think so and and let's be honest his B plus is a lot of guys A's 
you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to grade him oh, on yeah. a curve. Um, the guys in the backfield with him, running backs. I'm interested to oh. see how we do with this. What do you give the running backs? Right now, I'm giving the running backs C. Really? I'm giving them a C because going into the bye week, they were 17th in the league in 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 rushing. And of course, Mike McCarthy just came out saying they have to run the ball more. Despite and I, and I looked it up, they're 31st in the league in rushing attempts. And I understand, you know, when you get blown out in the first quarter, like against you know the the Ram, I mean the the Lions, and then they weren't getting blown out, but they were in a shootout with the 49ers, so they have to abandon the run then. But at the same time, you know, Aaron Jones was out the first two games, but he he's been a non-factor in the second half of games. I think you can count on one hand how many attempts he's had in the second half the last couple of games. And then uh, Jamal Williams has had the most carries, but he's averaging only 3.8 yards per carry, and his longest is 11 yards. And then Ty Montgomery is the best of the bunch when it comes to catching balls out of the backfield. You know, has only 14 catches, though. Right. So I, I really feel like right now I give him a C, but I feel like they should be a B with with how Aaron Jones. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry, but he it's almost like McCarthy puts him on a timeout in the second half. And so I feel like I, w- I would like if – if Aaron Jones had more carries and been putting up these same numbers he's been putting up, I'd give him a B. But because of this, I'm I'm putting them at a C. I have them if I'm grading on the curve. Oh, of, curve. Well, <laughs> so I'm grading on the curve, the Mike McCarthy curve. Oh, of, oh. Well, I mean, you you brought up you brought up a good stat there. Thirty first in the league in rushing attempts. So yeah. he's not even giving them a chance to be good or have an impact. And so I think if you're looking at the overall performance of the run game, if we're looking at that on the Mike McCarthy curve, it goes down to a low B. I actually have them grading. I put them at an A minus because, <laughs> because that's, that's being a little generous because I, I just think that if you give Aaron Jones, all the carries Jamal Williams mm-hmm. has been getting, then I'd say yes. But the fact that he's not utilizing them and Jamal Williams Averaging 3.8 yards per carry, long of 11 yards. I just find it hard to give them above that. You say low B, a B minus. Yeah. Would you say if you're grading them on a paper, 80%, 80 out of 100, B minus? Yeah. Yeah. Right on the edge. Right on the edge. And so, I mean, I, I, I base this on the fact that Aaron Jones missing two games at the beginning of the season and also being handicapped by this running back rotation that makes absolutely no sense. And then an offense that just refuses to actually run the ball in general. I mean, if you kind of average out those first two games for, and account as to kind of what he's done so far this year, he's actually averaging out to about the same amount of yards that Alvin Kamara is putting up in that saints offense. So I, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to grade these, the on the, McCar- the McCarthy crew. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to grade right. the players. If we're grading by what they've done, if you're just grading what the running back group has done, then I agree with you. It's a it's a low B, maybe a high C. It's right in that very average, below average range. But if we're looking at what they've been able to do with what they've actually been given, I give them a, a low A. Yeah, and also the crazy thing about running game, and you have to bring up Aaron Rodgers, is the fact that he has attempted 254 passes. That's the most he's done through six games yeah. by far. And he's also still out rushing Ty Montgomery. And, and I was going to say, that's why uh, if you look at the, the Packers rushing game, they were before 
you know, going into the bye week, they were 17th in the league with 103.7 yards per game. And I'm thinking, how many of those have come from Rodgers? You know what I mean? Right. I think I saw him up to like 116 or something. Yeah. So on paper, it's almost like the defense. You look on paper and you go, wow, those numbers are a little bit better than I thought. But then you have to take into account Rodgers has got the legs. Exactly. Um, Wide receiver core. A lot of young guys in here. This is going to be more difficult. Yeah. I feel because Cobb and Allison have been hurt. Devontae, man, I'm giving him an A. (laughs) Devontae Adams, I mean – People talk about Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. I think Devontae deserves to be in the conversation with those guys. I feel Jordy Nelson, one Pro Bowl, one All-Pro team. Yeah. Greg Jennings didn't get the respect he deserved. I feel like the Packers, they always say the Packers always have a great receiving card, yet their number one guy has always been neglected. I really think that uh, if you're going into fantasy football next year, Devontae Adams should be really close to numero uno on your list. So Yeah. And he's and I what I love about him the most is the fact that if we know that the Packers have their Cobb and Allison are gone and they have all these rookies, you know, they're going to go to Adams. So that means the defenses, the defensive coaches know that too. And they still can't stop them as a whole though. Wide receiving core as a whole. I've got them at a C right now. You have them at a C. Yeah. Just because, just because I haven't been too impressed with what the rookies have been doing. I think there's a lot of playbook mistakes, not running routes properly. And then also early on, some of those things that the, the veterans like Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams having some of those drops, I, I yes, have not been I was, very impressed. I was going to say Cobb is having a really downer. Right now he's averaging, I think, 11, 11.4 yards per catch, which is dead last for Packers receivers with a minimum of 10 catches. But get this, that's his best since 2014. <laughs> so even his best yards per catch average since 2014 is dead last for all receivers and if you and also the 11.4 how many of how much of that comes from that 75 yard touchdown catch against the Bears? so take that out what's he averaging yeah I mean there's been a couple of those big plays for a lot of those wide receivers in there that have kind of bumped up stats on uh on their side um let's keep moving tight ends oh go ahead oh yeah but uh, then uh but I also wanted to ask this because you know, Cobb and Allison have been have been practicing the practice today. And so about Scatling, do you think mm-hmm. that that they should bump him down with Allison and Cobb come back? Or do you think that he deserved after his 100-yard performance against the 49ers? Because he's leading the team at 17.7 yards per catch. So do you think that they shouldn't just, you know, put him back in the depth chart? Keep him Man, I, I say at this point, why not try anything? Yeah. Like, like the famous, there's a famous quote from a, terribly terrific movie war games i'd piss on a spark plug if i thought it would help i would do about (laughs) anything right now if i thought it would help this offense become more explosive and so if that means uh valdez scantling gets some more time i say why not well yeah because you know cobb the last four games i mean i mean the last two games he's played in uh eight catches 52 yards so i mean i think if cobb just isn't carrying the weight i think you need to put scantling in there i would agree so um, I, I was thinking I was thinking a, a B minus, but I wouldn't argue with a C plus or a C like you said. Yeah, we. Uh, I really, I mean, a B minus and a C. There's not, there's not, there's not too much of a difference between. No, that. there isn't. Yeah, um, it's a flip of a coin. 
So moving to the tight end position, I've got this one grading out in kind of that same area. I'm at a B minus right now for what uh, the tight end group has done. It's another one for me. It's another one. I'm trying to grade on the Mike McCarthy curve because if you're taking a look at Mercedes Lewis as part of this group, there's been no production. But again, I think it's more he's not been a part of this offense for some reason. And so I think you have to take yeah, that into yeah. account with what Jimmy Graham has been doing. I I really thought that Mer- the tight ends, I was going to go so far to give him a D. Really? Re- yes, because Jimmy Graham, I mean, he had a game or two. He's been missing some easy throws. He's not as explosive as he used to be. Kendricks, for God's sake. I mean, the most you see him is when he's lined up at, at the fullback position. Right. Mediocre blocker, has rocks for hands struggles catching the ball. Rodgers hit him a couple times, but they were check down passes. And then Mercedes Lewis has been uh, non-existent because not, and like you said, because McCarthy isn't using them. But at the same time, I really don't feel like they've been excelling at all. I mean, they had a, what is it? One touchdown for Jimmy Graham and none for everybody else. Yeah. And then mediocre blocking, you know, Rodgers has been sacked. I think the fourth most or sixth most of any quarterback in the league. I I really have not too, been too impressed so far with the tight end position at all. I mean, I think for me, it's it's what Jimmy Graham has been able to do, at least in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Acme Packing Company did a nice little breakdown of what he's actually at. Right now, if he plays a 16-game season, what he's on pace to be doing. Yeah, he's break on, records. Yeah, break all of those records for targets, catches, and yards. I think the last couple of weeks, I think he's really turned it around. I think he's kind of found his way into the offense a little bit. That nice big play that he had on Monday night against San Francisco. I hope that was like his coming out party this weekend or, you know, that week for the rest of the season. So I'm actually pretty high on Jimmy Graham well, in this, I, the second half. I, 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 I give Jimmy Graham a B. I give Kendricks a D. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes Lewis is a question mark. Yeah, an incomplete. So, an incomplete. So, so I'll balance it out for a C at most. Okay. And so, I don't know, that, that that's very, very difficult. But I think Jan- Graham is getting warmed up. He's getting more comfortable. So hopefully he'll break things out in the next coming weeks. A position that you love to talk about, the offensive line. <laughs> well, the <laughs> offensive line, I know Rodgers has been sacked a lot, but a lot of that's on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's been holding on to the ball an awful lot. Just check this out. They... Of all the games, he's been sacked four, 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 two, four, three. A lot of those are on him for hanging out of the ball too much. You know, in Bakhtiari, I would still make an argument that he's the best left tackle in the league. Oh, for sure. And Corey Lindsley's great. I mean, it's really, really good. And but Bulaga has been struggling with some uh, with some penalties. But like you said, Byron Bell still hasn't given up a sack. So overall, I, I'd say what the offensive lines had to deal with pressure of protecting a quarterback with a bad knee even more pressures on you now and then add in the fact of course that you have a quarterback who will hold on to the ball who's sometimes indecisive I'm gonna give the offensive line a B I'm right there too I actually gave him a B plus because I I I saw this Bakhtiari and Balaga on uh pro football focus are the second ranked passing blocking tight uh pass blocking tackles in the NFL right behind the tackles for the Rams I, I believe it, Bakhtiari. I mean, I think he should I be the number he, one individual, yeah. right? I I would uh, I can't I have I didn't look at that. 
I just kind of saw a couple of things as I was doing some research, but I would, I would have to imagine he's near the top of everybody's list when you yeah. talk about left tackles in the league. Yeah, I, I love it because I especially love looking back and reading his, his draft report. They said that he should be yeah. a guard in the NFL. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> Some of those are fantastic. Yeah. Let's flip it the other side. Defense, and we'll start right in the trenches this time. Defensive line. Oh, defensive line. I mean, Kenny Clark has emerged as a stud. The guy's without a doubt their best defensive lineman. But at the same time, Mike Daniels, I really feel, hasn't been performing as well this year. And uh, and then, of course, Wilkerson getting hurt is a huge blow right. for the defensive line. So that makes it tough. But Dean Lowry has has been solid. Um, but I, I still don't think they've been anything fantastic. I'll give them a C plus. That's exactly what I gave them, too, was a C plus. The, the, the run defense has been there, but there's been absolutely no pass rush. And I know that that's not the, exactly the scheme that you know they need to be that's not exactly what they need to be you know, expected of. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's been absolutely zero pressure up the middle yeah. of that defensive line. Yeah. And it's just the defense in general. I mean, especially in the red zone, they've given up a hundred percent in the red zone, the last three games and eight of the last 10 red zone possessions they've given up. So even though they're ranked eighth in total offense and surprisingly fifth in pass offense, I mean, that just shows you that number – it doesn't tell the whole picture. And, oh, yeah, also, they're, only, they're, they're second in the league in the fewest first downs allowed behind only Chicago. Well, it's Isn't because people are people are getting so many big plays on them, they don't exactly. get first downs. <laughs> well, think of the 49ers. They scored, right. they scored 30 points despite being in the red zone only once. Yeah, so exactly. That, I mean, how many that, of those big plays did you see there? Yeah, a lot. And a lot that's because they don't have a lot of big pressure. Quarterback has a lot – time to throw which then brings it to the edge rushers what do you think of the outside linebackers um well I kind of I kind of lumped all the linebackers in as as kind of one so if we're if we're separating the edge rushers the edge rushers I give about a d I mean they, oh yes, yeah, yes nothing you can't when in a 3-4 defense especially you I don't think you can put inside linebackers in the same category as outside outside I'm giving a d Clay Matthews of the six games four of them without a sack. Nick Perry, six games, four of them without a sack. And it's shocking that Kyler Fackrell has just as many sacks as Matthews and Perry combined, which he got in one game against Josh Allen at quarterback. And then I know Reggie Gilbert was, you know, broke out in preseason, but even then, you know, he has one and a half sacks. He, he hasn't been a really huge star out there on the field. So I mean, overall, there's been no pass rush. None, so, I mean, none. anyone, defensive line, outside linebackers, inside linebackers, nobody's getting to the quarterback. Well, remember back in the day, Matthews could take on a tackle, and now I've seen teams use tight ends to block them. Yeah. And it's working, which is sad. Yeah, and, and he'll, t- he'll take him. I mean, that there was that one I can't put my finger on exactly, but, I mean, I think it was a third down on a little dump-out route, and Matthews – the guy barely made a move and Matthews completely whiffed. I think it was. Oh yeah. uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what we're talking about. A wide receiver on an outlet pass. He completely whiffed. That's high school. That's what you learn in high school. Don't be too aggressive. Break down. Right. And you just ran right by him. It's, it's looking up. You know what it is? It's swinging for the fences. You're looking for the home run instead of trying to get on base. Exactly. That's totally frustrating. And then Nick Perry too. 
the 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 NFL listed him having of having three passes defended against the 49ers, but he had zero tackles. Zero tackles against the 49ers. You know, when you're paying a guy that much money, come on, you can get at least one tackle. I mean, I would I would agree. I, I think that that too shows that he at least has the awareness that he's not making it there and he's trying to affect the play up. in some way. Yes. Um, in the linebacker core, though, still, I think a bright spot of this defense, I think my defensive MVP of the first part of the season is Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez, I've said in the past, is the heart and soul of their defense. He has, I think, 51 tackles. He has more than the next two Packers combined. Mm-hmm. He has three sacks. He's tied for the team lead in, in with sacks, with three. You know, he really is the heart and soul. I love the Stanford guy. He has He has the brains. He's really the general out there telling his troops what to do. And that's why I thought when Jake Ryan went down, even more pressure is going to be on Martinez and he's delivered. He's picked it up. He's my MVP on the defense so far this year with Kenny Clark being number two. Let's go to the outside cornerback and uh, we'll kind of combine these uh, talk about them as whole as we're kind of uh, running a little high on time, but defensive backfield, defensive backfield. Defensive backfield, okay. Safeties are going to really plunge it down, even though yeah. Clinton has those picks. Kenshaw Bryce, I'm giving him a flat F right now. I'd agree. And then secondary-wise, you know, of course, Jar- Alexander is practicing, so he's going to be back. But Josh Jackson, I love the aggressiveness. I love the plays that he's making. Um, Tremont Williams, though, I've have I've not been a fan of at all. No. He gives he gives players. It's like he doesn't trust his pick his uh, catch up speed, so he's playing so far off the ball. And uh, Devon House is gone after that big play he gave up. So really, this the secondary thinking C. I mean, I would say right, I would say right about that too because I had the cornerbacks at about a B. Yeah, and, and then, then I had the safeties at a D. Yeah, I, I just and I only put that because um, of what Haha has been able to do. I didn't make it an F. Oh yeah, Haha. You know, he either makes a huge play or he whiffs. It's one or the other. Yeah, and real then Kenshaw Bryce. Ugh. Yeah, well, real quick with the safety position, something I saw today an article again on Acne Packing Company, moving Kevin King. The idea of moving Kevin King to safety. I heard that about Tremont Williams too. Right. I mean, everyone's just trying to, we're trying to move everybody to safety. Yeah. Tremont Williams, now Kevin King to safety. Well, well, first thing with Kevin King is he needs to stay healthy. Yeah. So if if making him a safety is going to help him stay on the field more and keep Kentrell Bryce off it, I'm all for it. Good point. And then another player is Josh Jones. I mean, the guy, second round pick, 220 pounds. People were just raving about his athleticism and the fact that he's not even considered playing is is crazy. And then also, I, I saw a tweet that during one of the Packers punts that they had only 10 guys on the field. And then a guy tweeted, they had only 10 guys because Josh Jones forgot he was on punt. And I thought, oh, well, that might explain everything. Is this guy just dumber than a box of rocks and he can't get on the field? Like, I, I mean, that could explain the, the yeah, lack of trust. Definitely. Exactly. Um, so let us know what you think about our – Position grades, uh, how wrong were we? How right were we? Uh, let us know on Twitter what you think about it at DK all the way, at Chris Schimmel on Twitter. Real quick, Chris, we wanted to kind of touch on uh, the a little preview of the Rams. What are your feelings for this? Because I, I'll i get into it a little bit, but what do you think about the game coming up this week? The, Big the, one. Pack, the Packers are going to have to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at the Rams. They are a stud team, and then the Rams – 
have a really tough schedule coming up. They have to play Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. So they have a lot going on too. So their defense with Aaron Donald is really going to give the offensive line a challenge. Wade Phillips always has a great defense. Offensively, this is a bombs bombing out offense. Jared Goff's averaging 9.8 yards per pass attempt. And he's throwing for nearly 2,000 yards already this year, completing 70% of his passes. This is the most complete team in the league. I read an article earlier this year on NFL.com. They said this team might be the most complete team since the 2007 Patriots. And I think, yeah. So this is really going to be a tough game, but I really feel that I I don't see the Packers getting blown out. I feel the Packers surprising a lot of teams by staying with this team this week. That's my bold prediction. I mean, there's just so much that says that it could, something could happen like that. But I heard somebody talk about, I heard somebody describe Alabama like this, and I think it works exactly well for the Rams. They tell you you're eating pizza. You can go <laughs> to them and say, well, no, I'm thinking more like maybe like roast beef or, you know, burger something and say, no, you're eating pizza and that's what you're going to eat. And you can fight and complain all you want, but they are going to tell you what you're sitting down and eating. They dominate you. There's no room to kind of move around and and try and do what you do. You either have, you have to come out and like you said, throw everything you possibly can at them. And then some, I think to try and, and make this, I I think competitive. I I don't have, I don't have very high expectations for Sunday. I really don't don't either. If you're telling me right now, it'd be just a brutal, honest analyst. I'd say the Rams are kind of coming with the victory, but it's not going to be a huge blowout win. But however, Blake Martinez and Kenny Clark and other hands full chasing down Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be big. And also because I mean, imagine, if you can't stop those guys that San Francisco had. Oh yeah. And just hitting Todd Gurley out of the backfield. That's so I, I'm expecting uh, uh, the Packers defense to come out with a lot of six defensive backs to have the fastest players on the field. That way, if Todd Gurley catches the ball out of the backfield, you need to have your fastest guys on the field. So I'm expecting a lot of dying coming out. I have to imagine so. I think you got a good point there. Make sure you stick with us throughout the rest of the week as the rest of the guys, um, you know, get you ready for that game on Sunday. And keep listening to us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Make sure you subscribe, review, and rate us. It's always a big help for us. Follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast and on Facebook. Pack a day podcast as well. And follow us again on Twitter again, DK all the way for myself and for my partner, Chris Schimmel at Chris Schimmel. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week on the pack a day podcast. As we always end it, the three best words, go pack, go, go pack, go third and six trailing 30 to 23, two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the a gap, but here they come. Rogers looking throws left side of the end zone. Touchdown pass, the Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied. Beathard on third, down and three in the shotgun. Football to the 46 at Green Bay. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking, hit as he throws it, deep down the right sideline. And intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Sam to Rogers looking right. Throws the right side, St. Brown makes the catch. Nice reach. Oh, he reached 
to gather it in using all 6'5 of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds inside the 30 of the 28 yard line. Snap to Rodgers. Looking downfield. Throws the left side. To the right. He's got it. Out of bounds inside the 10 yard line. Oh my goodness. What a throw and catch. Again, they beat Maven down the left sideline. Hunter Bradley, the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It's good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers a dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. And the Packers win 33 to 30. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.